ladies and gentlemen this is the borderless business telling seminar once again and tonight uh, i'm going to be speaking on a very, very fantastic topic something that is very very dear to me regards to business development uh, i remain samuel abraham your super powerful host turn your anchor for tonight so we're going to be talking about uh, a very very awesome topic that regards to business development and centers around uh, business plans all right how to write a business plan so uh, like i was saying yes uh, uh, smart business development series how to write a profitable business plan so same way like i talked about uh how to position yourself last time we discussed uh this very podcast series yes so i, I gave several key points and i'm going to be doing that again under this series talking about this how to write a prof- profitable business plan seven key points and uh, i'll just list them then start dwelling on them to add more flesh to different topics right so the first one is talking about writing a pitch summary okay that talks about uh, just trying to summarize everything that you definitely find in good in-depth into the business plan right up. And secondly, understand your target market. I think that that's very important. You don't write a business plan for people you don't know. Okay, you are planning for a particular set of people in the market space or uh, that uh, you look forward to selling to. So you must understand them, know them, and push for them. Then the third one is who are your competitors? Know them. You are not the first person to what you're doing. It may not be similar. Maybe there are some spices you have added to yours, or there are some things that they are doing that is not equally part of yours. But but that does that that but there's that synergy when it comes to what you do and the industry you operate. So you must definitely know your competitors. Then the fourth one is staffing. At the very onset, you need staff. If you have got to a stage where you know the workload is getting too much, how do you not staff your organization? So the fifth one is supplies. You cannot supply, produce, and do everything the same. So you may equally want, you may equally know that uh, running chains of productivity, talking about the division of labor, is very important, and you must know who's supplying what and who you are providing for. So like a supply chain, you are a supplier to someone, just like someone supplying to you too. So uh, the sixth point here is a marketing plan. Now you understand these key variables that make your uh, that will definitely solidify your business stance in the market space. Now, how do you now market aggressively? otherwise to your intending audience your prospects who you are looking forward to convert to clients and the very last point here is how are you going to what, do your operations you have a marketing plan now now are you going to what, push it out no it's quite easier for people to plan 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 and taking action becomes something that is becomes very, very difficult now that you have uh, been able to solidify your business stance in the marketplace you now have a marketing plan and how do you operate okay. so we're going to be discussing these seven key points on tonight's podcast with regards to the series of today that's a smart business developments how to write a profitable business plan so let's dive in straight all right now jumping or should i say diving straight into the topic of discussion for tonight uh, the first key point on the item list is make a uh, one page summary Okay, so summary will understood very well uh, from our time in high school. Where we get to write summary, comprehension, for comprehension passages or other uh, articles, right? Trying to summarize everything that the passage was talking about. Like you cannot abbreviate it, summarize it, and bring out, still bring out meaning, even if you have 
taking that key point from you. So that's what equally happens here. You're gonna be writing a one-page summary that describes everything that you will definitely find inside this business plan. So before I go more uh, into this topical discussion, I, I actually would assume that everyone understands the word business plan. So I, I would like to explain that first of all. So business plan is yeah, is a write-up, a very very professional write-up that describes the step-by-step procedures of starting a business. Uh, sustaining a business and growing it so it carries the blueprint of how a business is set to operate okay so it makes it easier for even an outsider to come in and understand what's going on in the business and the projections of the business financial projections or any other actions and inactions that uh, pertains to the business existence okay so we are going to, we are discussing already now how to write a profitable business plan so business plan could be profitable or not some could just be there that's bringing negative cash flows where all you keep getting is debit alert and debit alert while there are some that brings credit alert as a positive cash flow so some are profitable and some are not but we are focusing our attention on uh, the nitty-gritty of writing a profitable business plan tonight so like I said before uh, the first points uh, on the item list is write or make a one-page summary okay so this summary actually takes the key points from everything that is found on the business plan a well-written documented business plan already and I, I give seven items altogether the summary target market competitors staff suppliers marketing plan and operations so these other six items is what is summarized on that first page of the uh, business plan that's the one page summary don't know if you grab so in the one page summary summary you are going to you're going to have key points that illustrate the target market talks about the competitors talks about the staff power talks about the suppliers if there's any and talks about the marketing plan talk about the operation so this summary carries the content like the summarized content of these other six items so uh, it's quite advisable that this summary is written last okay so as you could equally flesh out and pull more fantastic information or if possible writing a business plan first of all you just write a sketch of these very six already so you can it makes it easier for you to write a perfect summary so the summary is written last professionally uh, after you have done uh should i say you have completed written, uh, writing other items on this uh, list i've shared with you tonight so that takes us to the second item on the list and that's a who is your target market okay cool so who is the target market you don't set out to do business without understanding who's going to buy from you what you're selling if it's a product and what you are prov- uh, the service you are providing if you are actually working on something that is not that like something that cannot be grabbed by the grab like head like something that is uh how do you call it in english i call it uh, abstract right it's quite abstract so you don't go into business that knowing or understanding who's gonna buy from you you, you need to understand these people who are not gonna sell to a, a person that sells tomatoes okay understand very well that people want to buy from him or her, probably parents, students, or anyone that consumes food. So there's already a clear uh, understanding of who's gonna buy from you. Okay, and that equally talks about the target market. Target market is like a, a particular set of people that is taking a, taking out of uh, of the whole that is equally dedicated towards buying from you or uh, using your product or using your services. I always jump to the education space, even before that I'm a lover of the education space and an education consultant. 
if a school should set up their their, their organization, okay, a school body set up their organization, their target audience is families, right? Families, families that have children uh, between the ages of uh, of one and above, okay. So it's quite easier for them to equally write this down around age, demography, and any other. Any right information are required to identify this target market. Okay, so as you set out to write your business plan, before you do that, you already have a business in mind. Now, the next thing after, uh, after next thing after pushing out that uh, agenda of writing a business plan is to first of all write down and understand the target market. So, uh, like I said, the education space, you write at families. Now, families are different different things attached to families you could equally see families that don't have kids already families that have kids and this family that have kids can equally be divided into two categories those that have kids that are equally uh, can equally be grouped into kids that can equally be grouped into those that needs to be in school and they have children who are actually are grown the school system that they are not even considered as though they want to go to school. So from the family, you can see we are breaking it down, breaking it down, and you can go in and get a particular uh, audience who you have set up your business to serve. So let, let's talk about uh, one that's quite peculiar to us. Uh, let's say, okay, let's say the, 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 the makeup industry, right? So the makeup industry, target, Target market is definitely humans. You, you don't make up animals, right? Now, humans, you start breaking it down. Is it the male or the female? You can understand that the market for the male is not that large because you hardly see male doing or carrying out makeup activities except those for, for rare cases where musicians or as a song artists before they go on stage or before they go for a video shoot, they get some very light makeup to make them look more cool uh, in front of the screen, right? So, but for the ladies, the market is very large, and even in the ladies, there are some people who have this religious bias that they don't align with such things. Something about the makeup industry, and like, right? So, if you now start segregating who is interested in the, this female gender and those that are not interested, so you share them and you equally now focus attention on those that are interested. Now, those that are interested, definitely we have choices to make, and we have. They, they, they are looking forward to seeing how they their appearance would be should they apply certain makeup or certain cosmetic as the case may be so we can see that we're actually breaking down breaking down the target market breaking it down but you finally get those that really need and desire your products so this may take you two three page as the case may be but ensure you pour out everything from the very beginning like i said describing from the human to the gender and uh, segregation from there you go to the particular female the female category those that want and those that don't want things so keep breaking it down breaking it down until you get to the root of it so that is what the second part could not who is your target market you need to understand it very well so you can what push your items push your products and put your services in their faces so that when they think about a particular service or a particular product your own products or services come to their mind first that is the uh, blueprint of successful businesses so that takes us to the third uh, item on the list and which is uh, who are your competitors okay
who hire competitors. Mm. All right, listeners, I am very certain you are learning something already tonight, right? So, uh, you know, uh, let me just try and go global with this particular talk now. Who hire competitors? I, I quite remember a story that involved Amazon and diapas.com. Okay, so diapas.com, they are making fantastic sales. They were only focused on selling diapas, selling diapas, and their website was, was easier to remember. Diapas.com, through the diapas, and just go and order for it. They didn't have any factory anyway. They acted as a middleman, get the orders, and ship the product and send it over to you, just like the way shipping has been done these days. Where people ship things from China, ship from USA, ship just around the world, even without owning. Uh, warehouse okay so there are parts could you go and read on them they were practicing like that and were very successful at the particular time then amazon approached them like okay you guys are doing very well how about we buy you out and their parts were like no we're not interested they quite didn't understand that competition doesn't mean that someone is doing something the same thing with you it might go further than that competition can equally be that people show interest in what you do if the fact that you're already in a marketing chain that involves you distributing items and amazon was doing that too but they were not selling their parts they were first of all known as a bookstore before they became the world everything store so they approached because of the fact that they were financially capable they approached their parts looking forward to seal a deal and acquire it for a reasonable fee uh, so their parts ignored it and like no they are not going to do that so amazon started selling their own diapers okay started selling their own diapers and uh when they started selling, they crashed their price by almost 60%. And diapers.com started started losing losing out. And they had to crash their own price too because definitely people want ship things that guarantees even if uh okay, they, they, people want ship things with quality. So even if it's just a small drop in quality, they could equally still patronize you because the price has drastically dropped that. So Amazon did that and diapers had to retaliate by dropping their store. But Amazon is a powerhouse. You, you, you need to understand their competitors. Knowing them is not enough. Understand them and know where you, you stand. Yeah, you, can, you can't equally go into a fight with people that with, with, with people who you know or organizations. You know they are quite powerful more than you, terms financially and otherwise, right? And so, like I was saying, so Amazon observed that their parts retaliated and going any for that means they're going to be selling for free. So they changed the strategy and they created Amazon Moms. So this included diapers and every other thing that the mom that we need postnatal during childbirth and post and prenatal. So sorry about this post and prenatal. And diapers was only offering just one thing, just diapers, nothing more. They're losing out because people love the fact that Amazon was able to package all their needs together together. And sell it for even a cheaper price and diapers only had diaper to sell so uh, diapers were first to sell to amazon and that's the end of diapers.com so in business it's basically dog eat dog and who are your competitors you are into branding who are your competitors you are a tech guy who are your competitors education who are your competitors run uh, a warehouse who are your competitors professional business who are your competitors understanding these people and finding way to leverage connect on or collaborate is key very key
okay now that you can understand the competitors factor mm. so you are ready for business so and it makes it quite easier for you to write and like a minus list talk about your competitor strengths that that's where the SWOT analysis come into play so this topic is a very long topic a broad one we call it be talking for a very long time and will not be done business plan is like in fact it's not like it is the business itself it's like you're discussing talking about analyzing and like setting the business all together so talking about the SWOT analysis the strength of your competitors their weakness their opportunities their ethical advantage of any threats that they are scared of so this is where you can equally leverage on uh, the particular business you get talking about the amazon moves and diapers amazon crowd has told that diapers strength will follow your selling one product that was cheap so when they came they brought down the price so they liquidated <laughs> diapers strengths and their weakness was that they were selling just one and amazon spread out after the selling uh, compendium of different modern tools or kits so that actually was uh, exposed the weakness of that part and decided moving towards amazon amazon because they were selling amazon moms and the opportunity that their pass to go the fact that a lot of mothers find it very difficult to get their pass because babies pull every single time like they can do it three four times a day and Sometimes it's just frustrating. So diapers that come just come, come to their head and they just order and make things easier for them. So Amazon started providing that took advantage of that opportunity too, and they saw they, they saw that there's gonna be massive money in that. That will be killing to it. Now the threat to diapers was the fact that if they should get any competitor, they can equally use the fact that they are popular to cover up, but they know very well that the pricing and expanding their business with a very big trade that was scared of and Amazon came and provided that trade in full and killed their business altogether. Like I said before, business is dog is dog. You must be strategic in your approach, understand the competitors and leverage on their weakness and their trades. Uh, take the same opportunity they are taking and if possible be stronger than them when it comes to the strength. That's the X factor in SWOT analysis. SWOT S W O T strength, weakness, opportunities and trades, right? So you know your competitors, write down everything you know about them, then uh, you are one step further into uh, building a very formidable business. And the fourth point is, do you need a staff, like staffing, this is where the human resource comes into play. Uh, now talking about staffing, it may be you're just a one-man business at the moment for the beginning, you may not need a staff that you need to be paying in full, or you may need a staff that you can be paying part-time. The staff render services you pay as like a contract staff. So even if you need the staff, you now find a way to like uh, you like find a way to like separate the kind of staffs you need, or you understand the kind of staff you need in terms of is it going to be a contract staff or a full time staff? Most times when you are starting as you don't need the staff, you 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 are supposed to be doing everything. You are going to be your CFO, your CEO, your COO. You are going to be the chief M CMO, that's the chief marketing officer. You're going to be CTO. You're going to be everything in the business because at that very stage you are seeing the ideas at this stage. But now you, you equally understand to understand the basis and fundamentals of those various positions. So you itemize it, write them all out, and the expectations from those positions but initially you are the one taking over those positions doing everything that's required and uh, after breaking out from that idea stage you now into that scaling stage then you already have a list and of responsibilities 
that is attached to all those positions this is going to be containing your business plan under the staffing so let's assume the ceo talks about coordinating the affairs of other offices uh, being the number one marketing guy representing branding the organization uh drawing uh, alliances and and uh, agreements and contracts i'm talking about the ceo's responsibilities and you can equally write that down and even many more you can equally do yourself you by going online and searching for the responsibilities of the ceo and aligning it with your business plan that you're writing already now you can go for the cfo that is chief financial officer uh ensuring that all finances are in sync and it's out the, the money being spent and the money that is coming in they are properly recorded so there are so many things that are that they are responsible for that the cfo and the cto chief tech officer ensure that the website is is uh is working at all time doesn't break down because of the influence of traffic ensure that it is updated at all time or all necessary information are there so these are responsibilities attached to different positions and talking about the staffing even if you don't have a staff yet you must do yourself the favor or uh of being ready and avoid the possibility of crashing down when things start happening very fast talking about the scaling stage so you just itemize those responsibilities and attach it to these positions but at that moment you are responsible for everything you may be able to click or tick all the boxes you may not be able but you have done yourself a favor of putting down those responsibilities that could equally be improved upon so that's just like a foundation so when you don't get to the scaling stage you start bringing in people before you bring them in into different, different positions you already know the responsibilities they are supposed to, to, uh, to uh, handle uh, maybe at that scaling stage there are some few responsibilities that are supposed to be added you can go ahead and add them because you already have a foundation you can equally remove some combine two or three positions together just for efficiency and effectiveness at that scaling stage so whatever you do uh, either you need a staff now or you don't ensure those information are very much intact in business plan so that takes us to the very fifth point as a who hire suppliers who hire suppliers okay who hire suppliers hmm. Hmm. there's just no way you do business without getting supplies okay it's just impossible it's just just impossible even if you're starting out as a tech person you you just you are a graphic designer people supply you data to go online people supply you tech tools that you use talking about your pc or your phone your charger anything that aids your service and products uh processing the people that provide those things are your supplier they look intangible they look small but they are your suppliers okay now let's take it on the last case talking about a big organization that is very much involved in pushing physical product around suppliers could be put up as supply raw materials like in the agric industry that uh, some organizations are very much interested in the value addition process so i think that's where the money lies but i quite believe very well that if you put your mind to something and learn a secret you definitely cash out big so the value addition part in the agriculture sector like some companies that do that like uh, all they do is tone is just hard flavor to maybe cassava flakes what they call gary over in nigeria package it and sell it so the value there is that it's it's clean free from seed sand and it's packaged can be taken anywhere so the packaging the branding is massive so who are the suppliers in that kind of case scenario suppliers first of all are those that have uprooted the cassava from farm 
yes like i was saying those that have recruited from farm those that's the local farmers that have to an extent refine this cassava to become a gary produce and push it over to this uh high level value addition company through quite and reprocess and remove everything that that is very inconsistent with what they want to put out in the market okay so uh another supplier here are those that provide those sack or the polythene or whatever they used to package in this uh, for, for high paying clients you can see these guys are uh, their suppliers and building a relationship a very lasting one with suppliers is very very key so once you have identified the industry where your suppliers work they can break it down and look for the values you look at for, for your suppliers like for those that are still using the agri sector now those that are the farmers who are planting and operating cassava now most of the values you definitely want to get from them is that they do not uh, use chemicals to cultivate their plants because automatically that will affect the entire credibility that these high level value addition companies carries around so you cannot trust the farmers the fact that they are doing everything organic as possible and safe for those that will consume it then for those who are preparing the packaging con- the package the way we used to package this content now they must equally be assessed to ensure that they are giving quality too like whatever they are bringing is not carrying a mission that will only affect the food and mess it up and make it uh unconsumable in the case may be so like i said underwriting this part of the business plan that reminds your suppliers then attach the key values that you need to uh, attach to them so that when you're looking at for the suppliers you can equally words use these values that you've attached to them to find them and start working with them as case may be. Right. So that will take us to the next part, which is this is called a marketing plan. Write a marketing plan. Very, very key. Write a marketing plan. Now you have your product set, you have your suppliers in, in hand, you can equally contact out to them. Everything is set. You definitely will make sure if you don't market your products or your services. People want to buy because they can see you and marketing gives you that leverage nobody buys from who they don't know who they don't see and not even they don't trust people can buy from who they don't trust but at least they want to see them they want to know them okay so this is where marketing comes into play now you write that a marketing plan how do you start marketing do you do the gorilla marketing thing or you just go full marketing because uh, marketing is actually very very money sensitive you have a lot of money you can go ahead and just do anyhow marketing if you're not looking forward to direct to make positive cash flow in the long run you can just go ahead and spend so much money on all marketing strategies and put your face out there so it may be very popular out there but within you are not cashing out or you could just learn the marketing ropes and start working and aligning this to bring in any positive cash flow in the long run but all the same, this is the end in mind. So writing a marketing plan involves the fact that you are going to start by itemizing. Uh, of course, I've done that before. The target market, you know them already. Now, how do you reach to these people? Uh, if it involves using regular media like uh, traditional media system, radio and TV, then you must equally write down how you tend to use this and the cost 
using this particular media system. Yes, digital marketing using the social media handles and core spaces or uh, groups as case may be. Then at the mind is and see the cost attached. The cost will be financial and social capital. So whatever this entails or whatever it demands of you, you put them down, then start driving home action points that centers around those particular items of what I've dropped before. So this part is full-time marketing. You could equally employ an expert to help you create this marketing expert. So but first and foremost, since you know your target market, uh, you definitely have to brainstorm around how you have to get to them. And this is what this particular part is talking about. So it takes up the very to the very last part now, that's the seventh point. How are you going to do your operations? So now you have a marketing plan. How do you kick start? Are you gonna set a date that you're gonna kick start? Are you gonna be working all hours of the day, all days of the week, and <laughs> definitely all months of the year. Is that your target? Is that your operations model? So you got to decide some organization work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, some work 8 to 4, some work Monday to Saturday, some work all days, some, some don't work all days. They work Monday to Friday, and by 5 they are done. Why some on Sundays they don't start on time? But they definitely work for two, three hours. So these are different modes of operations because you have a customer's need to satisfy. Uh, there are some people who work all day. Uh, that, that's basically for just entrepreneurs, not organizations anyway. Entrepreneurs, superiors, because every day others keep coming in and they have to fulfill the others, right? Just like something like uh, uh, those that do online courses and others. Okay, they have this digital product to sell. Every single day is the day they sell. They don't since they have not built a structure that makes it look like an organization. They call it give other give other liberty because that is the only edge they have over other big organizations. Would so be the same thing. That's where their strength is. They are equally available at all times compared to those organizations who are not available at all times. So they are trying or should I say they are providing the same value. So until they become an organization, they are pretty much prone to being. Reached out to every single time, even at odd hours at night. Okay, so this particular seven parts now helps you identify and write out how you want to operate your business. So, after talking about the seven key parts, now I'll just go back and restate them one, make a one page summary, two, with your target market, who are your competitors, your staffing, your suppliers, marketing plan, and how you're going to do your operations. Okay, so now after you have uh, equally done this you will not find it very easier to make that one page summary because now you have written out an elaborated uh, explanation of target markets of your competitors your staff your suppliers the marketing plan your operations now when you're not writing a summary you're putting down the summary the one page summary all you have to do is to take key points from these other six items and boom you're done so i'm very certain you've learned something tonight regarding how to write a profitable business plan if your business plan is not bringing in positive cash flow then is not a business plan definitely a non-profit plan and uh, even non-profits they definitely find a way to make impacts and most times that is their own capital so uh, i wish you the best and look forward to seeing you on thursday as we interview someone i was going to be talking about this particular marketing part that i didn't quite uh top motion so could you call it depression that and That'll be fine. And uh, I remain Samuel Ibrahim, and this is the Borderless Business Tele Seminar. Uh, uh, very, very much uh, sponsored by uh, Africa Incorporated, okay, and supported by Aounde and.
cupcakes graphics look forward to see you on thursday uh, this is me saying good night from my side and do enjoy the rest of your day bye for now